Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you also link it top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the text reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, with Section 6, Heralds of Eternity. And by way of opening this morning, whoops, I forgot to say what the lesson is. (laughs) Today our lesson is Lesson 228. God has condemned me not, no more do I. And I found uh, what I consider to be the most excellent poem in regard to this lesson in a book called 40 Prayers by Pierre Elias Amidon. The key phrase for me today from the poem was, you have placed this shawl on my shoulders and warmed me with your constant love. The poem itself is titled Psalm 3. O gracious one, your love comforts me, and your voice is tender in my heart. The light of your morning uplifts my soul, and the color of your evening brings peace. All my days you have accompanied me, and the kindness of your breath has given me life. When I was lonely, you reminded me, and when I was selfish, you made me see how often I have forgotten and lost my way, following the signs of self-protection. Yet, you have placed this shawl on my shoulders and warmed me with your constant love. Hold light within light, closer than now. Your wonder frees my heart. And with every breath gives proof there is nothing that is not you. God condemn me not, no more do I. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lori. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful thank poem? Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Mm. You're welcome. I'm so glad. So glad I remembered that one line. Constant love. All right, my friends. Here's our reading list this morning. We have Jennifer, whoops, Fran, then Jennifer, Robin Marie, Judy, and Lana. And I forgot to put Lemoyne at the top of that list because my pen was mislocated. <laughs> And we're joined at listening this morning by Ida. Have I missed anyone? Good morning. Patricia here, available um, to read with you. Thank you. Patricia, I'm so glad to see you today. 
been thinking about you. Anyone else? Harrison's listening. Good morning, Harrison. Okay. Great. So here we are again at Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, with Section 6, Heralds of Eternity. Beginning today with Paragraph 37. In this world, God's Son comes closest to himself in a holy relationship. There he begins to find the certainty his Father has in him, and there he finds his function of restoring his Father's laws to what was held outside them and finding what was lost. Only in time can anything be lost and never lost forever. So do the parts of God's Son gradually join in time, and with each joining is the end of time brought nearer. Each miracle of joining is a mighty herald of eternity. No one who has a single purpose, unified and sure, can be afraid. No one who shares his purpose with him can not be one with him. Good morning. Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection. Section 6. Heralds of Eternity. In this world, God's Son comes closest to himself in a holy relationship. There he begins to find the certainty his Father has in him. And there he finds his function of restoring his Father's laws to what was held outside them and finding what was lost. Only in time can anything be lost and never lost forever. So do the parts of God's Son gradually join in time and with each joining is the end of time brought nearer. Each miracle of joining is a mighty herald of eternity. No one who has a single purpose, unified and sure, can be afraid. No one who shares his purpose with him can not be one with him. Each herald of eternity sings of the end of sin and fear. Each speaks in time of what is far beyond it. Two voices raised together call to the hearts of everyone and let them beat as one. And in that single heartbeat is the unity of love proclaimed and given welcome. Peace to your holy relationship, which has the power to hold the unity of the Son of God together. You give to one another for everyone, and in your gift is everyone made glad. Forget not who has given the gifts you give, and through your not forgetting this, will you remember who gave the gifts to him to give to you. Thank you, Lemoyne and Fran. 38. 
Each herald of eternity sings of the end of sin and fear. Each speaks in time of what is far beyond it. Two voices raised together call to the hearts of everyone and let them beat as one. And in that single heartbeat is the unity of love proclaimed and given welcome. Peace to your holy relationship, which has the power to hold the unity of the Son of God together. You give to one another for everyone, and in your gift is everyone made glad. Forget not who has given you the gifts you give, and through your not forget and through your not forgetting this, will you remember who gave the gifts to him to give to you? Thirty nine. It is impossible to overestimate your brother's value. Only the ego does this. But all it means is that it wants the other for itself and therefore values him too little. What is inestimable <laughs> clearly cannot be evaluated. Do you recognize the fear that rises from the meaningless attempt to judge what lies so far beyond your judgment you cannot even see it? Judge not what is invisible to you or you will never see it. But wait in patience for its coming. It will be given you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace. And what you want for him, you will receive. Thank you, Fran. And Jennifer, that would be 38 and, or I'm sorry, 39 and 40. Okay. Thank you, Lori and Fran. Um, 39. It is impossible to overestimate your brother's value. Only the ego does this. But all it means is that it wants the other for itself and therefore values him too little. What is inestimable clearly cannot be evaluated. Do you recognize the fear that rises from the meaningless attempt to judge what lies so far beyond your judgment you cannot even see it? Judge not what is invisible to you or you will will never see it. But wait in patience for its coming. It will be given you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace. And what you want for him, you will receive. 40. How can you estimate the worth of him who offers peace to you? What would you want except his offering? His worth has been established by his Father, and you will recognize it as you receive his Father's gift through him. What is in him will shine so brightly in your grateful vision that you will merely love him and be glad. You will not think to judge him, or who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning. For this instance is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment 
is your choice, but never both of these paths. I think you're on mute, Lori. Am I next? Yeah. Was I next? And now am I still on mute? Oh, fine. No, you're off no, mute. No, you're, you're okay now. <laughs> Good my days. Okay, so thank you, Jennifer. And now Robin Marie. Here we go. How can you estimate the worth of him who offers peace to you? What would you want except his offering? His worth has been established by his father, and you will recognize it as you receive his father's gift through him. What is in him will shine so brightly in your grateful vision that you will merely love him and be glad. You will not think to judge him, for who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning? For this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. 41. Your brother's body as it is as little use to you as it is to him. When it is used only as the Holy Spirit teaches, it has no function, for minds need not the body to communicate. The sight that sees the body has no use which serves the purpose of a holy relationship. And while you look upon each other thus, the means and end have not been brought in line. Why should it take so many holy instants to let this be accomplished when one would do. There is but one. The little breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light is all the same. Nothing before it, nothing afterwards. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Judy. Thank you, Lori. 41. Your brother's body is as little use to you as it is to him. When it is used only as the Holy Spirit teaches, it has no function. To, for, excuse me, four minds need not the body to communicate. The sight that sees the body has no use which serves the purpose of a holy relationship. And while you look upon each other thus, the means and end have not been brought in line. Why should it take so many holy instants to let this be accomplished when one would do? There is but one, the little breath of eternity that turns through time like golden light is all the same, nothing before it and nothing afterwards. 42. You look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. All that it ever held or will ever hold 
is here right now. The past takes nothing from it, and the future will add no more. Here, then, is everything. Here, then, is the loveliness of your relationship with means and end in perfect harmony already. Here is the perfect faith that you will one day offer to each other, already offered you. And here, the limitless forgiveness you will give each other, already given. The I get choked up. The face of Christ you yet will look upon, already seen. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And Lana. Okay, 42. You look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. All that it ever held or will ever hold is here right now. The past takes nothing from it, and the future will add no more. Here, then, is everything. Here is the loveliness of your relationship with means and end in perfect harmony already. Here is the perfect faith that you will one day offer to each, uh, well, one day you will offer to each other already offered you. And here, the limitless forgiveness you will give each other already given. The face of Christ you yet will look upon already seen. 43. Can you evaluate the giver of a gift like this? Would you exchange this gift for any other? This gift returns the laws of God to your remembrance. And merely by remembering them, the laws that held you prisoner to pain, to pain and death must be forgotten. This is no gift your brother's body offers you. The veil that hides the gift hides him as well. He is the gift, and yet he knows it not. No more do you. And yet have faith that he who sees the gift in both of you will offer and receive it for you both. And through his vision will you see it, and through his understanding recognize it and love it as your own. Thank you, Lana. And Patricia. Can you evaluate the giver of a gift like Would you exchange this gift for any other? 
this gift returns the laws of God to your remembrance. And merely by remembering the laws that held you prisoner with pain and death must be forgotten. This is no gift your brother's body offers you. The veil that hides the gift hides him as well. He is the gift, and yet he knows it. No more do you, and yet have faith that he who sees his oath will and receive it for you. And through his vision, Will you see through his understanding? Recognize forty. Be comforted. Be comforted and feel the Holy watching over you and perfect confidence in what he sees. He knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty in his in safety and in let us consider what he must learn to share his father's confidence. What is he? After the universe should offer it to him and know it in He looks on him not as his father. It is impossible that God should be missing. Thank you, Patricia. And is there a new reader to complete today with paragraph 44? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. Forty-four. Be comforted and feel the Holy Spirit watching over you in love and perfect confidence in what he sees. He knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty. The universe rests in his gentle hands in safety and in peace. Let us consider now what he must learn to share his father's confidence in him. What is he that the creator of the universe should offer it to him and know it rests in safety? 
He looks upon himself not as his father knows him. And yet it is impossible the confidence of God should be misplaced. Thank you, Sandra. And thank you, everyone who read this morning. Um, let's see. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's time for a brief summary, I think, of this beautiful section, Heralds of Eternity, from that first paragraph. In this world, God's Son comes closest to himself in a holy relationship. There he begins to find the certainty his Father has in him. And there he finds his function of restoring his Father's laws to what was held outside them and finding what was lost. Each miracle of joining is a mighty herald of eternity. In 38, each herald of eternity sings of the end of sin and fear. Each speaks in time of what is far beyond it. Two voices raised together call to the hearts of everyone and let them beat as one. And in that single heartbeat is the unity of love proclaimed and given welcome. In 39, it is impossible to overestimate your brother's value. And it will be given you, it will be given you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace and what you want for him, you will receive. In paragraph 40, what is in him will shine so brightly in your grateful vision that you will merely love him and be glad. You will not think to judge him, for who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning? For this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. In 41, why should it take so many holy instants to let this be accomplished when one would do? There is but one. The little breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light is all the same. Nothing before it and nothing after. 42. You look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. All that it ever held or will ever hold is here, right now. The past takes nothing from it, and the future will add no more. Here, then, is everything. Here is the perfect faith that you will one day offer to each other already offered you. And here the limitless forgiveness you will give each other already given. The face of Christ you yet will look upon already seen. In 43, this gift returns the loss of God to your remembrance. This is no gift your brother's body offers you. The veil that hides the gift hides him as well. He is the gift. Be comforted in 44 and feel the Holy Spirit watching over you in love and perfect confidence in what he sees. 
He knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty. The universe rests in his gentle hands in safety and in peace. Let us consider now what he must learn to share his Father's confidence in him. What is he that the creator of the universe should offer it to him and know it rests in safety? He looks upon himself not as his Father knows him, and yet it is impossible the confidence of God should be misplaced. Amen. And the floor is open for um, a bit for um, for whatever anyone would like to share. Or perhaps it would feel beneficial to just read it all through again. Um, anyone? I like reading it again. I love that. Well, so shall we then. Is that all right, everyone? I'm good. Oh, yes. One successive paragraph at a time? Okay. Sure. Okay with me? Yes, please. I love it. All right. Well, let's do it in reverse then. So we can start with... um, the Promise of the Resurrection, Heralds of Eternity, and Sandra, would you like to read the first paragraph? We'll just go in reverse. <clears throat> sure. Promise of the Resurrection, Part 6, Heralds of Eternity. In this world, God's Son comes closest to himself in a holy relationship. There he begins to find the certainty his Father has in him. And there he finds his function of restoring his father's laws to what was held outside them and finding what was lost. Only in time can anything be lost, and never lost forever. So do the parts of God's Son gradually join in time, and with each joining is the end of time brought nearer. Each miracle of joining is a mighty herald of eternity. No one who has a single purpose, unified and sure, can be afraid. No one who shares his purpose with him cannot be one with him. Thank you, Sandra. And Patricia? 38. Each herald of eternity, things of the end of sin, each speaks in time of what is far beyond. The voices raised together call to the hearts of every and let them beat as. And in that single heartbeat is the unity of and given peace to your holy relation which has power to hold the unity of the Son of God together. You give to one another for everyone and 
In your gift is everything made good. Forget not who has given you the gift you give. And through your not forgetting this will you remember who gave the gift to him to give. Thank you, Patricia and Lana. Okay, 39. It is impossible to overestimate your brother's value. Only the ego does this, but all it means is that it wants the other for itself and therefore values him too little. What is inestimable, I can't say that word, inestimable clearly cannot be evaluated. Do you recognize the fear that rises from the meaningless attempt to judge what lies so far beyond your judgment, you cannot even see it. Judge not what is invisible to you, or you will never see it. But wait in patience for its coming. It will be given you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace. I'm going to read that again. It will be given you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace. And what you want for him, you will receive. Sorry, are you there? Um, um, Judy, you're next. It was Judy. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad. Uh, Forty. How can you estimate the worth of him who offers peace to you? What would you want except his offering? His worth has been established by his Father, and you will recognize it as you receive his Father's gift through him. What is in him will shine so brightly in your grateful vision that you will merely love him and be glad. You will not think to judge him, for who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning, for this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. Thank you, Judy. And Robin Marie. Forty-one. Your brother's body is as little use to you as it is to him. 
when it is used only as the Holy Spirit teaches, it has no function, for minds need not the body to communicate. The sight that sees the body has no use which serves the purpose of a holy holy relationship. And while you look upon each other thus, the means and end have not been brought in line. Why should it take so many holy instants to let this be accomplished when one would do? There is but one. The little breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light is all the same. Nothing before it, nothing afterwards. Thank you, Robin Marie and Jennifer. All right, thank you. Um, 42, right? Okay. Um, you yes. look upon... <laughs> thank you, sorry. Um, 42, you look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. All that it ever held or will ever hold is here, right now. The past takes nothing from it, and the future will add no more. Here, then, is everything. Here is the loveliness of your relationship with means and end in perfect harmony already. Here is the perfect faith that you will one day offer to each other already offered you. And here the limitless forgiveness you will give each other already given. The face of Christ you yet will look upon already seen past. Thank you, Jennifer. And Fran. 43. Can you evaluate the giver of a gift like this? Would you exchange this gift for any other? This gift returns the laws of God to your remembrance. And merely by remembering them, the laws that held you prisoner to pain and death must be forgotten. There is no gift your brother's body offers you. The veil that hides the gift hides him as well. He is the gift, and yet he knows it not. No more do you. And yet have faith that he who sees the gift in both of you will offer and receive it for you both. And through his vision will you see it. And through his understanding, recognize it and love it as your own. Thank you, friend. And Lemoyne. Be comforted and feel the Holy Spirit watching over you in love and perfect confidence in what he sees. He knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty. The universe rests in his gentle hands in safety, and in peace. 
Let us consider now what he must learn to share his father's confidence in him. What is he that the creator of the universe should offer it to him and know it rests in safety? He looks upon himself not as his father knows him. And yet it is impossible the confidence of God should be misplaced. Amen. Oh, boy. Thank you, everyone. Real pleasure to hear again. And uh, it takes us right exactly to the top of the hour uh, where we can look at the ridiculousness of condemnation. So, Fran, uh, take it away, please. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are now in the second part of the workbook. And we are on the theme of what is forgiveness. And today we're on lesson 228. God has condemned me not, no more do I. I'll read a little from what is forgiveness and then we will go over and do our five-minute practice on the lesson. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. Does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there was no sin, and in this view are all your sins forgiven. What is sin except the false idea about God's Son? Forgiveness merely sees its falsity and therefore lets it go. What then is free to take its place is now the will of God. Do nothing then, and let forgiveness show you what to do through Him, who is your guide, your Savior, your Defender, strong in hope and certain of your ultimate success. He has forgiven you already, for such is his function given him by God. Now must you share his function and forgive whom he has saved, whose sinlessness he sees, and whom he honors as the Son of God. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 228. God has condemned me not, no more do I. My Father knows my holiness. Shall I deny his knowledge and believe in what his knowledge makes impossible? Shall I accept as true what he proclaims as false? Or shall I take his word for what I am, since he is my creator? and the one who knows the true condition of his son. Father, I was mistaken in myself because I failed to realize the source from which I came. I have not left that source to enter in a body and to die. My holiness remains as a part of me and as a part of you. And my mistakes about myself are dreams. I let them go today and I stand ready to receive your word alone for what I really am. We'll do our five-minute practice now. Lesson 228, God has condemned me not, no more do I.
Lesson 228. God has condemned me not. No more do I. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Thank you friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you, guys. That is a very good lesson. This is Ida. Hi. I'm learning not to condemn myself. I'm gradually learning that because I have a bad habit. That bad habit is the ego of condemning myself, my body, my surroundings, and everybody else in the universe, <laughs> you know. So I'm doing a lot of forgiveness practice now of people, animals, places, things, situations, all of that, all of that. God has condemned me not. No more do I. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. I stand right next to you. Yes, thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Happy to that. Indeed. Good morning, this is Sandra. And God has condemned me not, no more do I. When I was young, I took what people said about me personally. And what they said was that there was something wrong with me, that I was stupid, that I couldn't do anything right. At least that's what I was interpreting or perceiving from from the experience. <clears throat> so I had no self-esteem because I took everything personally and I, I believed the lies that were being projected on me about who I, who I was. And now I don't have to worry about it because I have God esteem. <laughs> and in the, the uh, last paragraph of the reading... I think it's it just really focuses in on that. Um, what is he that the creator of the universe should offer it to him and know it rests in safety? He looks upon himself not as his father knows him, and yet it is impossible the confidence of God should be misplaced. And that's where I get my confidence. It's from God esteem. It's from allowing God to define who I am and taking that personally and not letting others define who I am. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra.
Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, everyone, for being here. These, these two, the text reading and good morning, it's Jude. I, uh, I love this uh, text reading today and coupled with the power, the power of the lesson for me today and, and um, how it speaks to the difference of what the ego would make of me and of the world that I find myself in as a reflection of the mistaken sense of self-appraisal, that we are bodies. Oops, I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm having trouble putting it into words today. I'm just um, the heralds of eternity and the idea of the holy instant being always here, already, here and now, and um, that it's impossible, absolutely impossible, for me in experiencing myself, the I am that I am, it's impossible for me to be anywhere else other than here and now. And this is true of my experience throughout my life. I have always been here and now, wherever I was. And the changelessness in me that... Um, is the knower of myself, the body that changes, the little girl that grew up into a teenager and a young woman and, a, and an older woman now, um, the knower that I know I am, that is one in consciousness with my creator, that I share the mind with, knows the the person, Judy, as, as temporary and changeable and as an instrument of ex- extending God's love into the world and participating in the unity of the world in a state of grace, sometimes knowing it and sometimes other, at other times being afraid and in doubt and un- uncertainty, but coming to a more clear and consistent understanding that I knew not what I was when I came here, and I assumed a person, a personality, through secondhand knowledge, through what my mother told me my name was, through what my family told me who I was, through what the world taught me to think of myself as what I was, as roles, um, an actress playing roles, in various scenes, in various movies. But who and what I am in truth has always been with me, changelessly knowing and watching me go. And I'm just glad and rejoicing that I'm coming to know the truth of who I am. A mind eternally in a state of grace, a mind in union with my Creator, immortal, happy, and at peace, experiencing a world of separation, in individuality, but knowing the truth of who I am is changeless and holy, and it never changes. And I love that paragraph. 
all that it ever held, that it's one holy rolling instant and that it's always here and now and that my home ground, my home is heaven, I'm at home in the mind of God, and that is who I am in constant communion and holy relationship with everything, all in one and one is in all, that I am one with my creator and all of creation, and that all that it ever held or will ever hold is here right now. The past takes nothing from it, and the future can add nothing to it. Here then is everything. Here is the loveliness of our relationship in perfect harmony already. I don't have to go anywhere to find it. I can't go anywhere and lose it. I am it. This is my reality. (laughs) This is just absolutely, absolute reality for me. This is what it's telling me. This is what I'm feeling in my heart and my soul, my spirit and my mind. Um, oh, one, one last thing I want to say about healing is, is forgetting the past. The new beginning, the new resurrection, the seeing, seeing through vision, only through vision, seeing myself in the truth, seeing everything through the eyes of Christ, as the face of Christ, the oneness, the wholeness. I'm not so clear about how to speak of seeing the face of Christ yet, but um, it doesn't, necessi- doesn't necessitate my understanding or my being able to verbalize it. I know what I know in my heart and um, that I can choose vision or judgment, but not both is very clear. Um, that I can't slice and dice it up. The reality is is in its wholeness. And I can't, I love this, um, inestimable. What is inestimable, what we are is inestimable, cannot be evaluated or judged. Do we not recognize the fear that arises from the meaningless, useless attempt to judge what lies so far beyond our judgment that we cannot see it. Judge not what is invisible to you or you will never see it. This is awesome and truly the proper use of the word awesome because it is is of God. It is of our self, capital, our self of which we're trying to speak. (laughs) Oh, joy. Oh, to joy. (laughs) I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Mm. You offered so much good stuff there. Thank you so much, Judy. That was great. Thank you. This is Jennifer. 
Um, I'm going to try to put this together. I had a, an experience very recently, recently, which really is speaks a lot about what we read today. Um, I had a, a holy instant, and so I'm learning in this lesson today. But that's the um, Holy Spirit speaking to me, through me, um, I guess kind of lighting me up so I can feel God, the God within me. So I'm understanding today more of what, what a holy instant is. I'm a massage therapist, healer of 28 years, and I put hand, my hands on people um, lovingly, and I um, really enjoy what I do. But what I noticed is my, in, my daily, in my practice in this career, I, I don't see with my eyes. I see with my hands. And I'll get messages um, from the Christ within me, the Holy Spirit, about that person that I'm to hear, um, probably just to bridge and help be an arc, like yesterday's <laughs> lesson um, of um, healing. And but I, <clears throat> I usually never see with my eyes, ever, ever, ever. It's really kind of. But I, this one time, um, I saw with my eyes and my ears, and I had a holy instance. I saw um, in someone um, eternity that runs through time like golden light in the same. Nothing before it and nothing after it. <clears throat> and then in 43, can you, can you evaluate the giver of a gift like this? Would you exchange this gift for any other? No. This gift returns the laws of God to your remembrance. And boy, what a remembrance. I was really kind of, wow. Um, this is no gift your brother's body offers. He is the gift and he yet knows it not. No more do you. But the Holy Spirit in me, or the Christ within me, um, brought, brought that vision and um, that all together for me. And um, his under, at the last line of 43, his understanding, recognize it, and love it as your own. Um, be comforted and feel the Holy Spirit watching over you in love and perfect confidence. And what he sees, he knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty. The universe rests in his gentle hand and safety and peace. And um, in that holy instant, um, just so blessed. And I um, just wanted to share that, that I actually had that, an experience like that. I pass. Oh, that was so beautiful, Jennifer. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jennifer. That was lovely.
Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. I, I swear I felt the love in every word you said. <laughs> it was truly beautiful. Thank you. Yes, thank you. That is because that is all that is here. You, um, your share reminded me, Jennifer, of a really beautiful quote that encapsulates everything we've read today, really. Uh, it's from chapter 31 in The Simplicity of Salvation. He says, you see the flesh or you recognize the spirit. See the difference? You see flesh or recognize the spirit. There is no compromise between the two. If one is real, the other must be false, for what is real denies its opposite. There is no choice in vision but this one. What you decide in this determines all you see and think is real and hold is true. On this one choice does all your world depend. For here you have established what you are as flesh or spirit in your own belief. If you choose flesh, you will never escape the body as your own reality. For if you've chosen that you want it so, but choose the spirit and all heaven bends to touch your eyes and bless your holy sight that you may see the world of flesh no more except, except to heal and comfort and to bless. No choice in vision but this one. Isn't that beautiful? And doesn't it just encapsulate um, today's reading? as well as today's lesson. It is so true. (laughs) You are done. Yeah, for the longest time, um, the word Christ's vision seemed like such a, uh, a mystery. You know, something out there uh, to understand at some point later in time. I'll read over it right now because I don't get it. And um, and and it's still um, it's still coming into focus, I would say. But this reading um, says exactly that. And when I look back. Um, I looked way back. Let me see if I have it. I don't think I have the tab open. But if you remember the review lesson 56, um, I'm going to just pull that up so I can refer to it. Review lesson 56 covers the idea in lesson 27 above all else I want to see 
and remember every lesson before 27 was I see a meaningless world and uh, my attack thoughts are attacking my vulnerability and uh, above all else I, I want peace all of those lessons before 27 above all else I want to see here's the paragraph that goes with it recognizing that what I see reflects what I think I am what I see reflects what I think I am I realize that vision is my greatest need the world I see attests to the fearful nature of not the fearful nature of the world but the fearful nature of the self-image I have made the world I see is a reflection of my own fearful self-image that I made if I would remember who I am it is essential that I let this image of myself go conscious condemn me not no more do I as it is replaced by truth vision will surely be given me and with this vision I will look upon the world and upon myself with charity and love the world I see reflects this fearful self-image I have made that's why um, that's why the Holy Instant the Holy Relationship the Holy Spirit and all the means for salvation are given me so that I can remember who I am here in a couple couple days we'll be reading about um, well I don't want to go there just yet um, I want to stay with the holy relationship as a means of grace whenever um, whenever I'm willing to enter into a holy relationship with a person a thing um, anything if I enter into a holy relationship with it the gift of that holy relationship is the gift of vision I see in that relationship as I have been seen there's no particular person in that scene what exists in that scene is just love you know I'm entering into a relationship of wholeness and that wholeness that I perceive in that situation is a certainty of the unity of love love is not a separate thing it's not some um, it's not something that doesn't exist all the time it's always there and when I'm willing to let my barriers go the things that I think I need to defend myself or protect myself I'm restored to the unity of love in relationship it's not um, it's not an achievement it's the quiet melting in you might say the quiet melting in and vision is simply the recognition that this person place or thing in which I've entered into a holy relationship has expanded both of us has allowed each of us to 
uh, move into each other's space in a way that we recognize we are the same and that love is what unites us. To me, that's what vision is. But if I want to get down to really solid ideas, here's a solid idea. The solid idea is that the separation was not a loss of perfection. It was a failure in communication. A failure in communication. And what can be communicated in, in paragraph 41, he says, you do not need the body to communicate. When I'm in a relationship, a loving relationship with anything, what's communicated in that relationship is love. It's not dependent upon the elements involved in it. It's the totality of that relationship. It's not a separate thing, but it's the thing itself. The thing itself. To me, that's Christ's vision. The essence of holiness that is shared by all of creation. I don't see or perceive limits in that relationship. What I perceive is the unity of love. I'm not looking um, and deciding and evaluating and making a judgment about what I see. All of that's gone. I'm just there in that unity of love. That's why every holy relationship is a herald of eternity because the unity of love is experienced in that relationship independent of the parties involved. We both know that we are being love. He says a miracle, a miracle is not a separate thing either. A miracle is when two hearts perceive their oneness and are glad. And so when I enter into a holy relationship, even if it's even it's even if it's in the presence of a natural wonder, I'm not feeling myself as separate from it. I've thrown myself into it in a way that I recognize that I'm the love and it's the love and I've made space space for all of that to just happen. Um, vision is my greatest need. Vision is what allows me to exit the world of judgment where I have to decide what anything is or judge how little or much I'm going to give myself to. Um, all of that just falls away. I'm sitting here looking at a picture on my desk and, and I'll try to encapsulate, but my, when my dad was making his transition, you know, we knew we were going to take him off the ventilator, and he knew how that would be, and he said, stop now before you do it and take a picture. Now, who would do that? You know, it seems ridiculous, but he wanted us to memorialize his transition that way and the joy that was beaming from his face. And, and there were six of us there that day, and I'm looking at that picture and I'm thinking, is there anything separate about anything in that picture to be worthy of judgment? No. And that's the nature of the relationship that I can have any time I want when I let the idea of not communicating 
go. I need to let the idea of not communicating go because everything in me, and this is the nature of love, everything in us is always communicating except for the fact that sometimes I hold back. Sometimes I withhold. Sometimes I'm in a state of judgment. The last thing I would do would be to enter that space. But Christ's vision is that vision that says everything, everywhere, all the time, thank you, Donna, is already holy. And I can see bodies. You know, the body is a natural limit that I place upon myself. What is it a natural limit to? It's a natural limit to communication. But he says in this reading, I don't need a body to communicate. And I questioned that. I I questioned him about that one time. And his answer was, I could drop you into a coffee shop in Damascus, Lori, and you would still know how to communicate. And this is the truth for all of us. In any instant that I'm not judging, I know truth. And the truth is the truth of me and the truth of what I'm in relationship with. This is how love is restored to my awareness. This is how I recognize everything is love. That love is all that's going on here. So he says, all the means. I'm going to get really solid now. Salvation is the purpose salvation is but salvation from what salvation from the ego when I'm free of the ego I understand the promise of the resurrection my limits are are lifted for me that's the promise of the resurrection I'm no longer operating from a personal sense of self I'm willing to share in this space and recognize the unity of love that's always here that's Christ's vision that's the truth it sees the truth and nothing but the truth salvation is the purpose and anyone who shares that purpose with me um, can't help but recognize the unity of love and all the means are given I don't have to come up with a holy instant myself it's lifted for me the veil is lifted for me vision is given it's not an achievement the holy instant the holy relationship the Holy Spirit are all means and means and end are one means and end are one we are all an effect of the Father cause and effect are one um, what else can I say oh golly Roger the biggest thing entailed in this reading is that giving and receiving are one everything I give is given to myself remember that lesson the holy relationship helps me recognize allows me to recognize the one self that we share that one self is the Son of God shared by all of us I don't have to come up with that vision myself it happens for me in the recognition of the laws of God laws of love are simply all that I give is given to myself 
giving and receiving are one in truth. That's God's law of love. The ego's law is everything I can take from you is given to myself and I have more because you have less. That's the thought system of the ego. The thought system of truth is the thought system of love. That everything I know can be known by love. Love will always show me. Love is the recognition of oneness. Love is is the equality that we all share. Oh, Lana, I love your saying, I don't have to define what love is. Love defines me. When my limits are let go in a holy relationship, I recognize the truth of love. It's another means um, given me by God to help me recognize I'm not an ego. And if I can recognize I'm not an ego, then I know you're not either. That's the gift of vision. And um, that's about all I can say about it right now today, except it gets better and better, and I think I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. That was so good. Thank you, Lori. That was great. Thank you, Lori. Um, Lori, if you want me to wait till the after call to share this, please let me know. But I'm facing a situation here, and it's hard to wait. Um, my my cat bit me twice yesterday in the same place within 10 minutes. And he's been biting me for the past five years that I've had him. And I decided to take him to the Pima County Animal Care Center. I mean, I I can't take him there. Like a case manager has to come and help me to do all that. And, uh, but I'm afraid. I thought it had been diminished and it, it was temporarily diminished by what you guys were sharing and everything, but then when he came close to me, I realized, you know, that it was, I was so afraid, you know. So thank you. Um, I just, I ask for your prayers and anything you have to say that could be helpful. Um, thank you. I'm complete. Well, thank you for offering that, Ida. And I, I need to, I'm not sure I'm clear. You're saying that you're, um, you're feeling like you need to take your cat to the animal shelter? Yes, that's right. Okay. Well, if you feel you can't take care of him, that's a very loving thing to do. Is that kind of where you're coming from? Well, yes, from love, but also from fear that he'll bite me some more. And I don't want him oh. to. It really hurts. You know what I mean? Like he drew blood yesterday. Oh, on my I see. arm. Uh-huh. Well. Yeah. Um. Um. Let's ask the let's let's ask um let's ask for the return of love in this situation, Ida. Okay, thank you. 
to everything motivated by love is holy. And um, and if you feel you're in a situation with your cat that is unsustainable, then the loving thing to do would be um, let the Holy Spirit show you the means, give you the means that you need in order to do the loving thing here. And I'll share that with you. You share that with me? I'll I'll, I'll share that idea with you. That oh, the Holy oh, Spirit's yeah. going to give us, yeah, that we're going to get an answer for how to handle this situation yeah. for the best outcome. Yeah. Well. I feel like that's the thing to do. I don't want to take, I don't want to call animal control because they would put him down immediately. And I want to give him a chance to be adopted by somebody else. If he stops mm-hmm. doing that, you know, and they see that mm-hmm. there that he's, he's not a blessed. But, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't take him to the Hermitry No Kill Cat Center because now, they have a fee of $330 for the, to take in a cat, an adult cat, mm. and um, I, I can't pay that. So um, yeah. I can't do that, you know. So it's Subpoena County Animal Care Center. I believe that's the best place for him to be now. Uh, mm. They always advertise for adopting the cats and dogs and things like that, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that came to mind, Ida, was, um, is to recognize, along with the fear, guilt, and to just give the Holy Spirit that as well, to heal. This is a great opportunity, if you feel guilt, to heal it. In, in loving awareness, and I, I, I really stand beside behind you um, in doing so to get the release and um, of guilt. Thank you. I think you're right that I do feel guilt, and I, I ask for the Holy Spirit to heal that in me to come back to the truth about me and about him and about everybody and everything in the cosmos that hmm. our bodies are not real. What we are is truly um, beyond the body and and that love can come from me, but not coming from me that much anymore, but love can come from other people to him as well. And he's a very loving animal, so whenever I have friends or anybody stop by, he's very loving and kind to them, you know. So he has it in him to be that way, hopefully all the time. I don't know. I think he has a problem. I think he was abused before I had him or something like that, you know. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, goodbye to guilt, like the book by Jerry Jampolsky. Thank you. But do you see where in just a moment as you were speaking, 
and everyone on the call probably felt it as well, that you felt peace and release when the holy part of you spoke. That's your rock. That's the part of you that has already forgiven you. And this cat and your relationship with this cat has already been restored. That's the eternity. No past, no future. It is always here. That is the gold in this loving relationship. And you just spoke it. So you have it. Now now believe it. Thank you. Yes. You're right. I felt it. I feel it now. Thank you again. Mm. That's beautiful. I love you too. Thank, Thank you, you Thank you for boys. Thank you, God. For the first time this morning, I just took a deep breath. That also proves that you are right. I'm complete. You know, this also proves another point that when you experience the holy instant from another time, you can experience it in this moment carrying through. And it's just proof that it's not about past or future. It's always here. It's just whether am I aware of it or not. That was proof. Yes, you're right. It's always here. Here and now. That's where it always is. It's never anywhere else other than here and now. Anyway, thank you. Well, we're just getting all kinds of exercise this morning. (laughs) Yeah. That was a beautiful dialogue. Thank you both. I wanted to call my neighbor and tell him about it, but he's also kind of my friend, you know. But I was afraid to. I was afraid somehow he'd question me or tell me no or something like that. But um, I think I talked to the right people. No, that's not true. I know I talked to the right people. Thanks again.
Good morning, Jameson. I feel so comforted by today's lesson. God has condemned me not. No more do I. Since I'm a part of God, I'm a part of God's love. If there's no condemnation in Him, how could there be in me? As I look on my life and my experiences, uh, a great deal of my thoughts are focused on uh, which of these condemnation thoughts of myself. Uh, seeing myself as unworthy, uh, condemning myself for the things I've done, the choices I've made. And then there are my condemnation parts I hold against others. of those thoughts, I don't realize the love that is my inheritance, that is always there that God holds in His awareness for me. That's when I attack myself, when I attack someone else. I'm affirming that hate, not God's God, abides in me. And rather than accept responsibility for my mind's decisions for hate, I project it out and see my hateful thoughts in others. Justifying my, thus justifying my judgment of myself. I have plenty of opportunities to look upon those who appear to be. Outside of me, 
how I was looked upon the world, others, and ultimately myself. Today's lesson says that my father knows my holiness. That's all God knows about me. He only knows my holiness. He doesn't see anything else because there is nothing else. And if I can remember this one thing from today's lesson, is that my holiness remains a part of me as I am part of God. That was beautiful, Harrison. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Harrison. Yes, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, thank you, Harrison. Well, there's time for a final share or a few final shares, really, from anyone who hasn't had a chance. This is Lemoyne. I just want to read one line, or one set of lines. I mean, I I, I could go on, but uh, let me just read it. This is the direction. See if I can hit the mark that's held up for me here. Okay. Paragraph 42. It says, you look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It, the holy instant, never changes. All that it ever held or wherever will ever hold is here right now. And I just, I just want to thank y'all for. Uh, Emphasizing a point that's in the pra- in the section called practicing the holy instant, where it says you could live in the holy instant starting right now and continuing for for eternity or for forever, <laughs> except for one little thing that one 
one thing that we, I guess, it, the, he doesn't really say is one reason. But he states the reason as <clears throat> that's not the barrier. It's like, and I think the reason, this is not a reason we don't, but this is the reason or the reason it, <laughs> this is this is the characteristic that is required, I think, the condition, where it says that the holy instant is an instant of perfect communication in which you receive and give perfect communication. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you all for demonstrating it and sharing it here this morning on this call. That's all I have to say. That perfect communication. Thank you. Uh, amen to that. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Anyone else? Well, I think to close this call this morning then from a little section about the happy dream. <laughs> A little section about the happy dream where it says, prepare you not for the undoing of what never was. If you already understood the difference between truth and illusion, this moment would have no meaning. The holy instant, your holy relationship, the Holy Spirit's teaching, and all the means by which salvation is accomplished would have no purpose, for they are all but aspects of the plan to change your dreams of fear to happy dreams from which you awaken easily to knowledge. Put yourself not in charge of this, for you cannot distinguish between advance and retreat. Some of your greatest advances you've judged as failures and some of your deepest retreats you have evaluated as success. Never approach the holy instant after you've tried to remove all fear and hatred from your mind. That is its function. And never attempt to overlook your guilt before you ask the Holy Spirit's help. That is his function. Your part is only to offer him a little willingness to let him remove all fear and hatred and to be forgiven. On your little faith, joined with his understanding, he will build your part in the atonement and make sure that you fulfill it easily. And with him, you will build a ladder planted in the solid rock of faith and rising even to heaven. Nor will you use it. 
nor will you use it to ascend to heaven alone. But it's a beautiful promise um, about all the means of grace that are given and I can receive when I don't put myself in charge of it. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. There's another beautiful call. I'm so grateful. Oh, me too, and thank you. Yeah.